So as a hiring manager, you want to make sure if you have a person starting on Monday, whoever's working, let your team know, make an announcement, get that person excited to, to join the team, join the company. Guys, hey, I want to welcome Joanne to the team. She's coming from whatever background, maybe she came from fast food industry, whatever the case may be. Let's give her a warm welcome. We're excited to be part of her journey. Like, you know how great that makes people feel coming into a company? Let your team know, be prepared. The worst thing you can do is have that person walk in and, and not be greeted by anybody. Just, just, it's just a horrible first impression. What's going on guys? Welcome to episode 21 of the Strong Society podcast. I'm Anthony alongside Ashley. And as we enter March, spring is in the air, summer is just around the corner, and what a great month of February was. Um, we had a ton of great feedback regarding our topics on relationships, love language, and why establishing self-love is such a critical part of our personal growth. I mean, it was awesome seeing some guests come on. We had Jeremy, we had Alyssa, we had George, um, Karina, and I think the episode with you and Karina was was awesome and, and and people really loved it they reached out about it and i mean the listens were were great so um kudos to you kudos Thank to you. karina definitely kind of we were both nervous so it was good to hear that people liked it and overlooked us saying like a thousand times oh yeah <laughs> throughout right. that one yeah but um shifting gears guys um with ashley and i both coming from leadership backgrounds in our previous roles one of the fundamental parts of the strong society is building a stronger foundation not only as it pertains to our health and wellness and life habits but also in our careers so as the title says hire the best and stop settling for the rest let's talk about hiring if you haven't checked out our blog on thestrongsociety.com titled Tips for Hiring, be sure to check that out. Following the episode, you'll see a lot of the resources and information that we discuss on this episode. That way you can fall back on as well. But actually right off the bat, let's rip the bandaid off. Why is hiring such a high value topic to speak about? Well, I think if you're in a leadership position, hiring is one of the most important things that you do because not only are you entrusted to you know, have a strong team and train your team and build up your team, you're also in charge of building that team, like from what you have, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes if you take over a new position, you may have to build a completely new team or you may have to just add more people because your team is growing and you need more help. So making sure that you're hiring the right people and that you're vetting correctly is huge for your success and your team's growth. Yeah, and as we're going to talk about, guys, it's it's more than just, okay, I need to bring a person on board. Like, There's so many things that go into the hiring, screening, vetting, and after development process that are super, super important. And, I mean, in, in the nine years, you know, I'll ask Ash this right now, but, you know, having let's say a bad hire, poor hires, you know, it's part of the game. Don't get discouraged about it. We've all had them, continue to have them, but actually like in Did your Did you say years, continue to have them? Yeah, like for listeners oh. out there, like not, not <laughs> like not you and I personally right now, but have you made a poor hire in the past? 
A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> right? I, I think we all, we all have at one point, it's part of the growing pains yeah. and learning. Of- yeah. And learning. Exactly. I think from those we've established certain principles and, and, and different things that we hold true. So that way, whenever we go through these processes again, we understand what to expect if that does happen, right? And so for me too, you know, absolutely, we've been through, you know, so many different interviews and we've had some, some, you know, poor hires where maybe we were saying, man, I knew in my gut instinct, there's a couple of red flags I should have really taken note of, but I didn't. But um, do you have any stories? Um, I know you shared a couple of stories with me. <laughs> do you have any stories that maybe, you know, great, um, stories of great hires or, or bad ones, bad interviews. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've definitely had a few bad interviews that I, I finish the interview and I go meet with my team and they're like, how did it go? And I'm like, just let's not talk about that. <laughs> that right. one it just yeah. wasn't the best. Um, I've, I've had some great interviews also where I've, you know, just had a really good conversation. I'm excited. The person's excited and I can feel their energy and they come onto the team and everybody on the team loves that person. They're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, she's so awesome. Like she's a great fit and she's competent and she's, you know, doing a great job in her role. But I've had interviews specifically, I think after COVID, a lot of our interviews went to Zoom, right? right Which. Yep. I think a lot of people got really lax during COVID with, you know, being in PJs all day or just loungewear and just staying comfortable, which is fine. Like, and if you're same, in PJs all day, guys, get up, change. Like, like it was fine. <laughs> I was in workout clothes all the time. But when I had a work call or anything, even now, when I have a client Zoom call or whatever, like, I'm going to show up for that call right. because this is, like important to me and I'm going to show up for them just like I expect them to show up for me but I had you know girls show up for some interviews that were like laying on their bed with the phone propped on the nightstand and literally laying on their stomach almost like it was going to be like a spill session with like one Mm. of my girlfriends like hey girl (laughs) oh my god this just happened you'll never guess how this date went or something (laughs) that's so funny and then she's just playing with her tongue ring the entire time I'm like explaining you know, the job description, our company, our values, the culture that we aim to create. And she's just like nodding her head, laying on her bed, playing with her tongue ring. And you should have just stared I, at the tongue ring and not said anything and just, I like just stared. cut that interview so short <laughs> and I'm sure she understood. I mean, that she wasn't going to get it. She didn't reach out after she I ended wasn't up taking it her seriously message, anyways. but I was like, you're what are you doing? It just, she didn't show up. Like she should have, she was wearing like cut off jean shorts and a tank top. Like she was very, very comfortable and it was too comfortable for an interview. Yeah, most definitely. And, and regardless, like we have to be able to show up as an applicant, right? Show up. If you're really wanting to apply for a position for a company, then bring your best. You know, you're trying to get a position with a company that you're you're wanting to be a part of. You're against most likely competing, quote unquote, against other applicants. Like, do you think laying on your bed playing with your tongue ring is going to get you that top yeah, candidate like, spot? Like, show up for the position that you're interviewing for. Like, if you already had it, mm-hmm. like dress properly, speaking correctly, sitting up, not laying down. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. And I think, you know, I've been involved in so many of those as well, where the camera, the phone's going all over the place because they're walking somewhere. I'm like, take a few minutes so we can get some undivided attention and just, you know, set the camera down, please. But on the flip side of that, there, I've, you know, personally, and I know you have as well, gone through so many great interviews, great hires, people that have gone on to, to become leaders themselves, grow as successors for you and I. And I think 
those are very gratifying because we all remember it from ground zero when we first went through the screening process, at least me, with these individuals, gone through the interview with these individuals, gone through their development, and then to be able to see it blossom to something has been, has been really special, you know, and it's things we always remember. But I wanted to start off, I share a quote that I heard many years ago from Dan Locke that really stuck with me, and it's super simple. I hope it sticks with you guys too, but hire for attitude and train for skill. Ashley, what do you, what do you think about that quote? I think it's a great quote. I think it's like very well said because I've run into, you know, you, for most jobs, if the people that you're interviewing have basic common sense and competencies to do the minimum with, you know, with whatever the job is that you're hiring for, if they have a good attitude about it and they're eager and they want to learn, you can train somebody to learn anything that's required of them. You can't change somebody's attitude for them. They have to want to do that. And a lot of times people are unaware of it. So I'd rather hire someone who's positive and hungry and eager, but maybe has never worked with a certain software system before. I can train them on that. I can't change their attitude for them. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, attitude is number one. That's why whenever I go into an interview, I always love somebody who's smiling, who's positive, who's got a, a high energy, right, positivity, because nine times out of ten, like, they're going to bring that every single day. And then you have those other ones who are just opposite of that. And that's tough because as much as you say the resume shows that they've had this experience in this industry, this position for uh, for a bit, you know, and we could lean on that. What type of person are they going to be in the workplace? Like, are you really going to want to go to work and, and, you know, have them be a part of your extended family? Is that going to really be fun for you every single day? And I wouldn't think so. But um, starting from the very beginning, we want to paint this picture of why it's so important to take the hiring process seriously, because this can really make or break a team. It can make or break a company. It can make or break a leader for sure. But first off, why do bad hires, and this is for you, Ashley, why do bad hires happen? Or, or why is it more challenging for some than it is for others? I think you have to be intentional when you're hiring. I think the hiring process, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to keep in mind, you know, managers, leaders who are hiring, they're also doing a bunch of other things, right? right. But they have to yeah, make yeah. sure that this is, a, that they're intentional with it every day, that they're refreshing their job posts, that they're checking the candidates, that they're maybe rewording stuff to make it sound more appealing to mm-hmm. candidates so that they can get more. I think a lot of the ways that it goes wrong is if, You just kind of let it like you wait for people to come to you instead of you going out there and looking for the talent or creating an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then I think also if if it is a priority, but it's just they just want to fill the role and Mm -hmm. it just becomes like I just need somebody there, anybody. A lot of the times that does lead to a bad hire because, you know, that you probably would have not hired that person yeah. any other time, but mm-hmm. you're just so desperate and you're tired and this is the best out of what you've got yeah. and you're just going to take them. And then usually that ends up, you know, kicking you and, the, you know, yeah. later on down the road, it ends up not blowing up in your face. And this is an explicit you podcast. No, you can say ass. You, you have no ass. one to blame, you know, but yourself. So I think 
as a leader, it always is going to fall on you regardless. Mm -hmm. If you're not hiring, it's on you. If you're not hiring correctly, it's on you. I think you have to be very clear and transparent with yourself from the get-go if you're in a leadership position that whether this team succeeds or fails, whether these hires are good or bad, it's going to fall on you directly. Yeah. And, And this just reminded me, like, I always used to love this thing that Jeff would say, look at your current team right now. And maybe you had some impact or maybe you hired everybody on, on the team right now. Maybe some were good. Some that, you know, are like, eh, you know, I rushed that process for sure. Knowing what you know now about these individuals, would you hire them again? And if the answer is no, you have to ask yourself, why are they still on your team? And what are you doing about it? Right? Because we talk about accountability. We talk about ownership and the steps to kind of make sure that we're either coaching up or coaching out. But we do have to ask ourselves that because if we go back to the beginning, we made that hire, you know, and why did we do that? And I think some of the points that we have here, emotional need, and you mentioned that like, hey, I'm just in a rush. This isn't a huge priority to me. I just want to get it done and out of the way. That's a complete wrong way to go. This has to be a priority. Um, another one is a hiring manager fails or, or chooses to neglect the red flags that they see in the interview process. Um, maybe they're, they're, they didn't explain the job description um, expectations well enough. Maybe they're, they themselves are not portraying the best image, you know, and that's probably why, you know, a higher turnover might happen. But another one that I really love, and I, I can't remember, this has been going on for years, but Russian nesting doll, that whole Russian nesting doll quote-unquote syndrome where managers don't want to hire somebody who's better than them so they hire people who are not as competent or they know that they can be better than because they don't want them to come and take their job but that's that's crazy. like the worst yeah I, <laughs> that's I, crazy to even think I think of. for me it was always opposite right. I was like you take know, my job because essentially that's going to push me up to that next yeah. level and yeah exactly so that whole Russian nesting doll similar. So this, uh, the Russian yeah. nesting doll, you open it and then things yeah. like that. It's like smaller and smaller, yeah, smaller and smaller. smaller. So essentially the manager's the biggest Russian nesting doll and then he has all the little small ones beneath him and that's That's cool. somebody who doesn't even respect their team and shouldn't yeah. even be in that position because you're all, the way I see it is everyone's equal. Everyone yeah. just has different responsibilities. Yeah. And you and want I, your team to be where you are. That way if you're gone, you know, stuff still being handled. Yeah, and you think about that. Like if you hire people who are more competitive, more driven, eager to get to that next level, like they're going to be picking your brain to to come in, want to like take your position. And, and it's going to make other people on your team want to try hungry, harder too yeah. because they're going to be like, I don't want this new person yeah. to get to move up before I do. You know what I mean? It creates yeah. that like job competitiveness basically which you should have in a healthy way yeah and 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 one little last thing too i forgot i heard this like many years ago but when you're interviewing somebody internally ask yourself could i see myself working for this person right and if you can't whether not right now at that point but like maybe down the road because you know hey they'll they have a good solid foundation if you can't see yourself working for that person, that means that they probably don't have the capabilities to get to that level, you know, or maybe you don't have that certain level of respect. And so these are all telltale signs that we can really begin to think of. But essentially, there's huge effects, as we mentioned, not only to the team, but the overall company. You look at things like higher turnover, your customers start seeing that you have a revolving door of employees. And actually, you and I have been in so many situations where customers are like, oh, you know, where is Nancy? 
you know, don't worry about Nancy. Like, yeah. the, the, you know, shut the fuck up. Just kidding. Don't say that yeah, to no, the customers. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> but you know, people see it. You know, yeah. and they're just like, dude, what's going on here? And, and there could be a, a multitude of things. Maybe Nancy was was stealing things from the company, yeah, but nobody but knows think, that. I think they they pay attention and they'll notice if it's like mm-hmm. a constant, if there's constantly new people and you can't keep people. This then, company is now seen yeah. as somebody with higher turnover. Exactly. And if you're losing people, then what are you doing to change that? Is right. it an internal thing? Exactly. Because you have to take a step back and say, what's the common denominator mm-hmm. here? Like where, where can I, like, what, what am I, to, uh, what about, what is my part in this? Right. And how can I change that? Um, but other reasons how a bad hire can really affect the company is it provides a poor representation of the company. Essentially it causes stress for the hiring manager, right? The leader down the road, when we talk about, yes, you're going to make this hire now, but you're going to feel it three months from now, six months from now, whatever the case may be. So guys painting this picture, hiring is super important. Be very intentional. So we may be asking ourselves, where do we start? So first off, if we are the hiring manager, we have to ask ourselves if we're capable and competent enough for this responsibility. And I mean, if we're in the manager and le- leadership role, then I hope we are right, capable of making hiring decisions. But essentially, it's going to require non-emotional objective decisions. So be sure that you're able to say, look, I know I need to hire. I'm going to put my emotions aside and make sure that I hire the right person for this role. And as the manager, you have to have a clear objective to the overall team, to the overall company goals, or else you're just going to hire the next person that goes and applies for a position and say, hey, you need a job? Cool. Let's go ahead and bring you on board. And we all know that's not the way to go. So next up on the list is what type of person is needed for this position? So this one, get a pen and paper out, write some things down because this is going to be super, super critical. And I know, Ash, you have a couple of things on this, right? Like what type of person that we're needing to hire for the position? Yeah, and I think you want to get very specific with this, not necessarily that there's, you know, this person has to have all of these things, but you should have a few non-negotiables going into Mm -hmm. it as far as what kind of schedule are you looking to fill. You're obviously hiring for the growth of your business, so you want to make sure that their schedule is in line with what you're looking for, what's their skill set, their past job history, and then again, a big one, obviously, what type of attitude does this person have? Because you want to ensure that they're a good fit with the team that you currently have in place. They're going to be working alongside these individuals day to day. So you want to make sure that that relationship is going to be a good one and it's going to continue to build off the positive culture that you should have in place in your center. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, if you have a, if you have a, a location or your team is struggling in, I don't know, integrity issues, right? You know, you need somebody who embodies this type of brand, this type of integrity, because you have to start having these key pieces on your team. Um, maybe you notice that, man, I, my my team doesn't have a whole lot of life to them and they're all pretty like negative and whatnot. Maybe that next person you're hiring, and obviously the leader should be instilling this, but maybe that next person you're bringing on is positive, is energetic, is going to change a little bit of that culture around, right? And so we have to really understand and think what the missing components are that are needed in the team or the company. But once you've sat down, once you've had that clear blueprint and preparation of the type of person you're looking for, we have to be intentional, as Ashley mentioned. And I think that's the word to think about and know is be intentional with the vetting process. If it's a priority, we have to make it a daily priority. And I mean, 
we all know, especially after COVID, the hiring process has got even more difficult. Candidates, they're not always going to come to you. So we have to be able to utilize our resources, word of mouth, employee referrals. And, and I know Ash and I both are big advocates of posting signs, right? Posting signs inside the stores as well. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the times the customers that are coming in, they get to see and experience the culture that you have in place. And a lot of times they want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, posting signs, getting conversation going, and then also just being very consistent with checking your postings and making sure that if someone applies and they have a great resume and they look like they could be a good fit message them like right. get things yep. lined up quickly because just like you notice them and they stuck out to you they might they're more than likely are hiring to different places yeah. and i think you know right now more than ever it is very competitive um, when people are looking for jobs so you need to make sure that you're establishing that type of relationship with them immediately but I, I think signs, posting signs, it's a very old school way to do it, but you never know who's going to walk through your door. Yeah. And I think it's a good way to either you find someone there or they know somebody who's looking for something and they send them your way. Yeah. No, most definitely. And I always enjoyed making those signs too, because like make them, make them eye appealing, make them catchy, put a picture on there, you know, a little gif, whatever the case may be. Don't just type some words and put it up on the thing because... People's eyes are going to glaze right over it. You have to be able to draw their attention. That's just marketing 101 right there. But um, this just reminded me too, like you mentioned, like super competitive marketplace out there. And that's also another huge reason that it's difficult and challenging to get candidates to apply, right? And sometimes they're not controllable factors. Maybe your company doesn't offer the same benefits as another company does. And so these are things we have to set our expectations and just understand that this is also another barrier, you know, to entry, of course. But hopping over to the screening and the interview. So you, you have your blueprint in front of you. You're ready to go. You know the type of person that you're looking for. You know, let's get to the vetting, right? Pre-screening and screening. Actually, when we talk about the screening process, what are some of the recommendations that you think hiring managers should be looking for? I think for one, you're you're looking at their resume for one, mm -hmm. right? Because they're going to submit that and you're kind of looking at their job history. Have they worked in jobs similar to the one that you're hiring in? Mm -hmm. Do they job hop? Are they switching jobs every couple of months? Or are they somebody who really stays at a job, really learns everything they can from there? And then maybe they, they're looking for something new because maybe they couldn't provide the growth that they were looking for in their past job. And then also, I always think adding pre-screening questions is a mm -hmm. big thing and Definitely. making them personalized and then taking a look to see how did this person answer this question? Did they just put a short answer? Did they use punctuation and correct mm -hmm. grammar? Did they spell words correctly? You can tell if someone's actually sitting down at their laptop or computer, filling this out, taking their time. And or are if excited they're just, about it. Yeah, or if they're just kind of on their phone, filling it out and just treating yeah. it like a text. Because a lot of the times you'll notice when people fill out their applications from their phone, they text, like mm -hmm. they type, like they text, like, nor like if they were talking. Yeah. It doesn't sound professional, it doesn't sound formal. And I think a lot of times, you, you people you need to expect them to put in that effort and you need to have a standard mm -hmm. for what kind of professionalism you're looking for the people that you're bringing onto your team as well yeah no most definitely i think you hit a lot of great points have you ever hired or do you consider ever hiring somebody who doesn't have any job experience it depends what the position is right yeah. like if it's an entry-level part-time position and they have good attitude and, and effort. Good, they yeah. have a good attitude. I think they'll be a good culture fit. And they, 
you know, maybe they're fresh out of high school, mm-hmm. but they've been in certain organizations or certain things like that that they've done that I'm like, okay, I've had past people that I worked with that, you know, had similar backgrounds or were in different organizations or, you know, interviewed well, speak speak mm-hmm. well, or very personable. Then, then, yeah, I'm not ever opposed to it because... I've been there where it's yeah. like no one will hire you because you have no job experience, but how are you going to get experience if no yeah. one will hire no, absolutely. you? Absolutely, I think you know. In, I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I love hiring people whenever they whenever they said, "Hey, I don't have a job." We're obviously basing it a lot on their attitude, their effort, what we feel they can bring to it. Because you have the opportunity to be that first company that they'll always talk about, right? That they first, my very first job was this, right? Like my very first job was Sonic Drive-In. I think, I think some people know. But there's things that you'll always remember and what type of experience that you can say, hey, they trusted me to come in and maybe it was like entry level, right? Maybe they got a cleaning position or maybe a busing position, whatever the case. Um, or front desk position, but you give them that opportunity. And again, guys, we're not saying, look at look at the resume, and if you have somebody who hasn't had a job, bring them on board. Understand what you're looking for, right? Yeah. Don't bring someone on board who doesn't have experience and they're supposed to be in a leadership role. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. But other things to look for in the screening process, proximity to business, right? That's a huge thing. A lot of times we'll, we'll see the addresses or cities they might live in, do they live within reasonable distance to your business? Will they have traffic issues going into work, commute issues, call outs? These are things you have to really foresee and, and foreshadow a little bit. And like Ashley mentioned, I love pre-screen questions because you get to see how they answer them. Do they have competence? Avoid using yes or no questions. So, you know, um, I don't know. Are you interested in this job? Yes. Cool. That told me nothing aside from the fact that they apply for the job and they're interested in it, right? So you want to say what motivated you to apply for the job? Things like that. Like, let's see what type of excitement and, and sentences that they actually put out there. Um, does it seem like a short-term or long-term interest for them? And so before you know it, guys, you're going to be going through these these candidates and pre-screening and getting a lot of them out that you probably aren't going to be a match for anyways in the, in the end. So... Think about this. This is all before even deciding whether to contact this person for an interview. So that's how it should be, guys. We don't want to be to have our time wasted, and we don't want to waste their time. You know, and, and basically free them to the marketplace. There's other people who will be happy to bring them on board. Okay. But um, let's hop over to the interview. So let's speak about the questions and the overall presentation of the interview because, for from my experience, you know, people tend to choke up a little bit. Hiring managers tend to choke up on interviews because they get nervous for some reason, whatever the case may be. But I think it goes back to a lack of preparation. It goes back to a lack of maybe confidence or experience in doing it. But actually on the hot seat, what are your top three questions that you can think of? Top two, whatever. I think I've thought about it now a little bit more. (laughs) So I think um, I always ask, what are the most important things that you look for in an employer? Right, yeah, yeah. Because that's That's going to help me understand what kind of person they are. If Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, um, leniency, flexibility, I'm like, you're always late, you're always, you know, like like what they say tells you more than what they're just saying. And obviously you have a psychology background, I have a little bit of one. So you're able to kind of read in between the lines when you ask those questions. So they want to put half the effort. Yeah. So I'm like, what do you, so I look for answers. Like I look for culture, growth, you know, positive reinforcement. I'm like, okay, those are good things. If you're looking for positive reinforcement, then I'm assuming that you're doing things that would in turn, you know, receive Mm -hmm. that positive reinforcement. You're not just going to get it for no reason. 
And then also, you know, where would you like to see yourself in the next two or three years is a big one because I want to, I don't want to just hire someone who's looking for a job. I want to hire someone who's looking for growth, whether that be with our company or with a different company. People who are eager and hungry to grow usually give 110% in whatever position they're in because for them, they know that it plays somewhat of a role into the bigger picture and the bigger goal for them. Yeah, those are great ones. I like that first one a lot. That was actually really good. You had time to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I had thought about it a little bit. <laughs> I thought about it. Um, for me, I like to ask what type of work really fires you up because I want to know what, what's what's exciting for this person and if this this industry is even the right one for them because if they say nothing that has to do with with anything, let's say you, you work with people a lot, right? You're in the fitness industry, this, this, and that. And they love to work on automotive, body shop, be on the back scenes, not in front of anybody. I'm like, this is like oil and water right now. Like, mm-hmm. why, why did you apply here? <laughs> and so I'll, I'll ask these questions. And for me, my concern is not, okay, you're a candidate. I want to see how you can fit on our team. It's, are you going to fit on our team? And if not, then we should not be wasting each other's time right now. So... Another one I like asking is, what is something you're doing differently now that you weren't doing last year? And so this actually tells me a lot of things about that person. If they're growing, if they're trying new things, you know, they're they're getting out of their comfort zone a little bit because it's going to tell you that one, this person probably wants to do things like keep growing, keep stepping up, keep stepping up. Um, if they tell you like, oh, no, I try to keep a normal routine. I've you know, been doing this, whatever, whatever. That tells you somebody who's going to fly under the radar. They're going to be complacent. They're, they don't want to probably ruffle any feathers. Yeah. So they're going to they're gonna be like just coasting it the whole they're way. Like, I'm just going to do what you said, nothing yeah. else. Clock in and that's it. And if you're cool with that, if that's what you're looking for in your position, awesome. You probably have a, a stable employee there. But again, what we're providing you is just things that need to be floating around in your head as you're asking these questions. It's not just a matter, and that was one of the biggest pet peeves for me when I was working with other leaders, sitting in on on their interviews, is just asking the question, hearing the answer. Okay, go on to the next question, hearing the answer. That's not how it should be. It should be a conversation. You ask a question, they're going to give you their answer, you hear something, pick on that a little bit like hey explain this or what do you mean by this this is that so you keep on unraveling 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 because you're eventually most likely going to get to a red flag or something that's going to really pique your interest but i think that comes with experience it comes with continued yeah the more you do it i think um, the more comfortable you are with it and you're not just reading off the questions i think Mm -hmm. you know towards the end of my leadership position a lot of my interviews i didn't even have my questions there i knew most of them by memory and i would just kind of work them into a conversation one it also allows the the applicant to feel more comfortable if you're not just throwing questions at them and you get to see a little bit of their personality and who they really are once they get comfortable and you're Mm -hmm. kind of just having a free flow conversation with yeah. them and they feel like oh we're just chatting but you're really dissecting yeah. the fuck out of them and every everything that they're saying they're like i haven't seen you write anything are you not going to write anything you're like no i'm like it's all up here gotcha. <laughs> um oh one last thing scenarios i also like to ask scenarios usually on like second or third round for for more so like leadership or manager roles but giving them actual scenarios that they will encounter in their role just to see what their critical thinking and problem solving skills um, look like is is super eye-opening too because you can see one right off the jump if they get 
wound up, get emotional situations, or if they're poised and, and confident in what they're saying, then it shows that they have that experience going through something like that. Maybe not exactly that scenario, but overall just, you know, able to navigate through it. But the biggest thing with interview guys, you have to be observant. You have to listen. Again, get your eyes off the paper, just reading the question, hearing the answer, writing it down, reading the question, hearing the answer, writing it down. You want to be able to take notes, but listen to what they're saying because chances are you're going to miss something along the way. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, how are they presenting themselves? You know, we talked about not laying on a bed and playing with your tongue ring. Like, what's their appearance look like? Their posture. Um, eye contact is eye a contact. big thing. You yeah. can't see if they're making eye contact if your your eyes are down and you're just writing. Yeah, So really definitely. looking. And also, you can tell if people are just telling you what you want to hear or if they're being truthful when you're actually looking at them. Because people who are lying get very uncomfortable when you're looking at them and making mm-hmm. direct eye contact yeah. with them. Yeah, have them elaborate on things. That's the huge thing, right? If they tell you something, like fact check them on it and say, oh, you know, how did that go? Can you walk me through that process that you do that? And if they're not BSing you, they'll gladly walk you right through it. And Again, guys, this isn't a, this is going to be done in five minutes and that's it. Like, you know, you, you want to be able to unravel a lot of things, especially as they pertain to, to uh, hiring processing. But what's your communication like? You know, you want to catch the red flags. And again, guys, we, we talk about it, but we're not only wanting to find out if this person is a good fit for us, but we want to find out every reason why they might not be a good fit, right? And I think Dave Ramsey said it best. Like, I'm trying to find out why you won't work for this company, like why you won't fit in with this company because that's the best way to go about it. If you think about it, you're, you know this person's applied, so they're, you know, they want to get a job here, but it's almost like you have to have this barrier where we only allow special people to work here because they're part of our family. And what makes you want to be a part of this family kind of thing when you have that mentality that really changes perspective of i'm just hiring just to hire a person you know um nice but lastly after the hire it doesn't stop there right we brought somebody on board definitely doesn't stop there many sleepless nights (laughs) after the hire situation a lot more about people after you hire them them. like i've definitely people who interview great and say xyz and the you know everything checks out and then they come in and they're like oh i've never and i'm like wait what they're like oh i'm like busted hey. but now I've i'm like hired you, you didn't tell me that <laughs> in the interview yeah i'm like now it's you know then you can really assess what work mm. is cut out for you as far yeah. as the training of this person i'm like you tricky tricky over here <laughs> um after the hire guy so you bring somebody you you extend the offer, you onboard them, all that, right? The work doesn't stop there. We now have to ensure that the development, the investment in them is made. Otherwise, they won't be in line with the company. They may not, like we're talking about, may not even be competent enough for the role. Maybe they lied a couple, to a couple of things, right? Um, but if they're not in line with the mission or vision, and that's a huge thing for me, if they're not in line with the company values, the compass, the North Star, then they're going, they're going to be seeking other things that they're more passionate about, that they're more in line with, right? If, if their job is to work with people and they just don't like working with people, then what makes you think they're going to stay doing that, right? Mm-hmm. But first things first, guys, one of the biggest pet peeves I had was when the team is not prepared for this new hire, 
Now, I've seen it happen too many times, and it's, it's super unfortunate. I'm always apologizing on behalf of, the, of the, the assigned manager, unfortunately. But the person comes in looking for their manager that hired them. Oh, hey, you know what? I'm Joanne. I'm, it's my first day here. And the, the team's like, oh, we didn't even know anybody was starting today. Hi, my name's whatever. Like, that's super unprofessional. Such a poor brand image. So as a hiring manager, you want to make sure if you have a person starting on Monday, whoever's working, let your team know, make an announcement, get that person excited to, to join the team, join the company. Guys, hey, I want to welcome Joanne to the team. She's coming from whatever background, maybe she came from fast food industry, whatever the case may be. Let's give her a warm welcome. We're excited to be part of her journey. Like, you know how great that makes people feel coming into a company? Let your team know, be prepared. The worst thing you can do is have that person walk in and, and not be greeted by anybody. Just, just, it's just a horrible first impression. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I think if that's the impression that they're getting, then the company culture is off for sure. Absolutely. Because I think for me, whenever I was hiring, I mean, my team, one, they know I'm hiring for one, because they're picking up shifts. I'm picking mm -hmm. up shifts, you know, everyone's covering. So we're all excited for this new person. Mm -hmm, yeah. Cause that means we can all go back to our normal schedules, but I'm like, hey, so-and-so is coming. I'm going to be in the back getting their stuff ready. Send them back there. And, and then they'll walk them back there. They're like, oh, here's the office. Yeah. Here's, you know, Love Ashley, yep, whatever. Yep. And and then when they're walking, when I'm walking down the hallway with them, I'm like, hey, this is so-and-so. And they're like, oh, hey, nice to meet. Like everybody awesome. is introducing themselves to this person because they're welcoming them just like mm -hmm. you're just like you're still getting their buy-in, like or you're getting by and if you even want to keep them around, they have to see, is this really the right fit? Absolutely. Because just because you hired them doesn't mean that they're going to stay. Yeah. One of the best things I love that you brought the, like the team involvement, That's that was one of the best things I loved doing. So whenever I would onboard a new team member, I would get their their shirts, name tag, you know, binders, anything that they needed, their, their, their training packet, all that stuff ready to go let the team know so when they walked in we were like hey nancy what's up welcome in yeah. like we were really excited to welcome there she's like whoa you know like this is awesome what i would like to do once i get them all set up with their onboarding and clocked in hey this is jessica she's actually going to show you around show you where everything's at. a little bit about what we do kind of walking around and whatnot so she shows what the what the different rooms are in the, in the location so this gets already that involvement and you know that they're chatting on the way like hey what's up like how long have you been here this this, and that so you like if you're a hiring manager and you're also the leader of your team make sure that you get your team involved like that's what team unity is it's not just a matter of oh everybody's just coming in clocking in and going home doing their own thing that's like the worst culture that you can that you can create essentially but actually you talk all the time about this establishing relationships right it's about building the rapport building the culture building the trust as an employer because you just mentioned like they're analyzing the shit out of us too like man my first day sucked nobody even said anything to me my manager just had me, you know, completing some work and that's it. They didn't even talk to me the whole time. Like, I don't know if this is going to work, right? I mean, you speak so much on great relationships. How difficult would it be to retain an employee if you haven't established that rapport? I mean, they, they have no tie to the right. company. They have no tie or loyalty to you. So I think building and establishing that relationship with them is the biggest thing. And it makes it easier for you long term later mm -hmm. to train them, to coach them and all that because they know how you operate. They know why you're there. They know that your intention is good. So, it, I mean, the relationship starts during the training. Yeah. I, 
I had a love-hate relationship with training. One, because mm-hmm. I'm super impatient. It was just hard right, for yep, me, yep. right? I'm very go, go, go. So I expect everyone to be so like that. So if someone that. else is in type A, like watch out. Right? <laughs> no. But then, so I had to constantly remind myself like, hey, you know, they're new. Be patient. You are new too. But I think making it a fun training, learning experience for them, being patient, making it fun, making it personal, sharing your relationships, and also keeping them around the team because the way that new hires see how you interact with your team, they're like, oh, this is like really fun. Like I love to joke around with my team. Mm -hmm. Like we were very sarcastic with each other and they'd be like, oh, you're working today. I'm like, yeah, I decided to. They're like, finally, like it was just little banter, but they see that, but then they see how much we work and they're like, wow, this is a very good balance. Like that didn't come without your initial investment. No, and and it came because one, I got to know everybody on the team and see how their personalities were, how I could build a relationship with this specific person versus this person. Mm -hmm. Because a big part of leadership is being able to adapt to multiple different personalities, even though you only have one. Yeah. Because you have to adapt to them, not, they're not going to adapt to you. Yeah. And multiple training styles, as you, as you were mentioning, not everybody learns the same, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have to really sometimes take it down one, two, three pegs where it's like, okay, I'm going to break this down even slower for you. And then of course you, you know, we won't get into that right now, but you might cross areas where you're like, you know what, you're not at this competence level for this, whatever, but it's about going back and investing and investing into this person. We talk about training and onboarding and that's super, super important, right? So getting to the development, to the training, it's a two way street. So if this person said, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this company your side of the bargain as a company was, you said you were gonna train me, you were gonna onboard me, this, this, and that. And if we're not fulfilling that aspect, then we're 100% to blame for that. We didn't bring forth that part of the, of the bargain, essentially. Yeah, I like that you said that because a lot of times people will be like, oh, well, this new hire is just not getting it. Right. Like I've heard all managers blame, say, all blame. I just don't think she's gonna get it. And I'm like, well, have you done this, this, and this? Well, yeah, I did everything. And I'm like, well, have you tried this? Well, no. And I'm like, everybody is different. And you right. have to make sure that for me as a leader, if I had to fire someone or I had to say with, to someone that, hey, it wasn't working out, part of that's on me. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to say, oh, I can't do something as a person. If I hired someone, I'm going to make sure I've done everything I can to get that person where they need to be. After I've given everything, then I'm like, hey, you just weren't able to give right. me the other half I needed. Yeah, it's 100%. Um, but one thing I really like is continued development. And I think, you know, many of us as leaders drop the ball here because we're so fixated on our job duties. So fixated on, you know, is my team kind of getting their, their job description completed. And we forget about that continued development, you know, and continued education. But guys, people can lose interest really quick. You know, they go through the mundane, the day to day, every single day, especially if you have a, a, if you have somebody who is very driven, granted, they're probably self-motivated, they want to be pushed and they want you to empower them for further growth, further development, stretch assignments, stretch projects, whatever the case may be. And so as a leader, as a hiring manager, if you brought this person on board, you have to realize that it's not just a matter of, hey, I brought you on board, here's your job description, cool, like get out of my hair and, and I don't wanna work with you anymore. Like. You're going to continue to work with them if you want that person, you know, to stay on your team. It's all about retention. It's all about relationships. And, and in the end, like the hiring process is extensive and it extends past the vetting, past the interview selection process and everything. But guys, in the end, even if we check 
off all the boxes. There are so many factors that go into the entire hiring process to consider that. Unfortunately, when dealing with people and changing environments, of course, we can never get 100% right every time. But with that being said, we hope that some of these principles and insights that we provided today really go to establish a more effective hiring process for you all as a company, as individuals, as leaders that really carries over to your employee development as well. But guys, that is a wrap. We were excited to share some of our principles and perspective with you all on how we can better manage our vetting, hiring and retention processes when it comes to onboarding new employees. Be sure to like, share, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tune in via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And feel free to reach out to us at support at thestrongsociety.com with any questions, feedback, or personal situations you may be encountering that we can provide some perspective on. Have a great Monday. Great start to March, everybody. Later, guys. Later.